Let's pray. Father, you're an awesome God who loves us very much. Thank you for giving us the abilities and the talents to be able to point others to you, to live a life that would be pleasing to you. Help us in that endeavor. Father, as we look into your word for a brief time this morning, just open our hearts to what it is that you would have to learn for us to learn today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, you heard it. You probably heard it again last night. Possibly on the way home. While you were watching TV. You heard it while you were listening to the radio station. Or on your computer. Or when you were alone. You heard the voice whispering in your ear. It was the tempter's voice. It says, go ahead. Nobody will know. You'll enjoy it. You'll like it. Do it. Well, we all face trials, temptations, struggles. So if you have your Bibles, open them up, please, for a brief devotional this morning, given the time, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 reads, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Well, it's always dangerous to take one verse without giving the context, so let's at least take a brief moment to know the context of what's been going on and where this book came from. Paul more than likely wrote it on his third missionary journey while he was in Ephesus. It was on his second missionary journey that we learned from Luke in the book of Acts that he had spent about a year and a half in Corinth establishing this church. This is now about three or four years later, and the church has developed some issues and some problems. Paul had heard some through uh, people, and he has also written a letter uh, asking him some questions, and this book responds to what he has heard and the letter. One of the problems, of course, in the church is uh, the pagan culture has started to infiltrate the church, and there was some questioning on, on doctrinal issues, and they had also had what I'll call a hyper-spirituality issue where people were judging themselves against others and being better than one or who they should follow. A lot of the issues all come back to pride, which we still struggle with and can learn a lot from in this passage. Well, the first six chapters of the book deal with four main problems that he had heard about. Um, and then the chapter 7 through 15 starts to deal with the answers to the questions that were asked. We don't have the letter that was written to him. We can speculate on some of them based on his answers, but we know that he was addressing things such as marriage. Then he addressed things about food, sacrifice to idols, and what they could eat. And then we come to chapter 10, and he gives a bit of a history of Israel, where they'd come from, as a warning against self-indulgence, against giving in to our temptations 
giving in to our lusts, giving in to our desires that are separate from God. And we come to chapter 10, verse 13, which has great encouragement there. But I want to ask you if you've ever been in hot water. I know that I've been in hot water. I tend to find myself in hot water more than I would like. But we all seem to maybe stumble sometimes, make some bad choices, maybe get aggravated, say some things we wish we wouldn't, and eventually you realize that you're in a place you don't want to be. You're sitting in some hot water. So the question is, when you're in this hot water, do you look for someone to help you out? Or do you just sit in the hot water and brew? Well, earlier, Laura read in the book of Psalms a passage from David. And David, in Psalms, said that no matter how bad it is, he could call on the name of God. And he cried out to the Lord to hear his prayers. He had a heart that always went to God first. He was a man after God's own heart. What a lesson we can apply to our lives if we would learn to go to God first. Not other people, not things, but God, the Creator. To have that as our character would gain us so much in this world, would gain us so much in our spiritual life as we become more Christ-like and try to develop that. Keeping God first, going to God with whatever it is, whatever the situation may be. Because one thing is for sure, we will all have trials. We will all have trouble in our lives. It's guaranteed how we respond to those troubles is what God's looking for. And our first response needs to be going to Him. Do you realize, especially here we find in verse 13, the awesome victory that we have through Jesus Christ. As believers, we, are, we have all that we need to triumph over any stumbling block in the Scriptures. The Word is sufficient for any problem that we face. And I know the culture changes, and our young people face a whole lot more media and problems than I ever had to face. But those same trials that they face are no different than what has already been faced in the past as far as the root of them go. The outside surface may look a little different, but the heart of the problem is the same. And how we handle them and how we deal with them when they come have a lot to say about us. Because when a, when a trial comes, we can either do what God's Word says and stand up and have victory over it, and God can mold us into His character and use us in a great way, or we can give in to the flesh and fail and give Satan a little foothold and have something else we need to overcome and repent and turn from. So we can have victory or failure from a temptation. But it's not wrong to be tempted. Jesus was tempted. It is not a sinful thing to face temptation. The sinful thing is giving in to the temptation. Earlier, Miriam read in James, Blessed is the man, James 1.12, Blessed is the man who preserves, perseveres, I'm sorry, who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, 
that God has promised to those who love him. If you persevere, you receive a reward from God. It is guaranteed. God gives that to us. The crown of life. So he's calling us to persevere. Well, let's go back here to 1 Corinthians 10, 13 and actually take a look at this verse. It starts off with, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. The word temptation means test or trial. And trials are the things that help mold us. When you have issues in your life, God has put them there to do a work in you. So we can rejoice when trials come. I don't say rejoice about the trial, but we can rejoice in that it's coming because God is molding you for something. And he has a plan for each one of our lives. And temptations and trials are one of the ways that he molds us into being more Christ-like. And then it says, common to man. You find relief in knowing that you're not the only one. When these trials and temptations come, sometimes we're real private about it because we don't think anybody else is dealing with the same things. But there are. They are. There are people all around the world dealing with things that we deal with. And we can go to them and get encouragement. We can count on them for accountability and helping us through and looking at how they dealt with things. 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9 tells us to be self-controlled and alert because your enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of troubles. We can count that we have other people that have dealt with and overcome whatever the situation is. Whether it's a marriage that is in trouble, whether it is a physical uh, problem, whether it is a financial issue, whether it is family members, whatever the trial or tribulation is, there are others that have gone through it and are going through it. You're not alone. And God wants to be there with you. So cry out to him first. Nothing other than what is common to man. And God is faithful, but he... I'm going to go back. God is faithful. It's easy to slide right by that to get to the next thing because we know what's coming. But faithfulness is the power to this verse. God is faithful. I got a new phone yesterday. And for those of you who know me, know I'm not real techie. But it's kind of cool. It has a bunch of little buttons and stuff that I have no idea what they do. But I know it does a lot of cool things because, well, when my son saw it, he said, you got a cooler phone than I do. I told him that's because I am cooler than him. But I don't know if that went over so well. But the point is, it, it does music and it does some other things. And I'm sure they'll teach me how to do it at some point. But I know this, no matter what gadgets it has, no matter what things it can do, if I take the battery off the back of it, it's not going to work. And all of that will mean nothing. God is faithful is the power, is the batteries to these verses and to our Christian life. He's faithful, that means we can count on him. He's faithful in all circumstances and his word is true, so what does that mean? Now we can go on. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. 
if He is faithful, then that is true, that He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. That means whatever you're going through, you can handle it. God said you were ready for it. Sometimes we don't think that we're ready or can handle it, and we wonder what's going on, but you can trust God because He's faithful, that He will give you the strength you need to endure. And that's what's promised next. He will not tempt you beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted... He will provide a way out, not escape from, not take the temptation away, but He will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it, so that you can persevere, so that you can go through whatever it is He has in your life to mold your character and to be more Christ-like. So my encouraging words to you today is, don't give up, stand up. Determine that you're going to face whatever trial, whatever problem that you're facing today with God's help, trusting on Him to be faithful, and that you will be able to persevere and stand up under it because God's Word is true and He told us that He will provide what you need. And if He does, through that, He will mold you into something that He will be able to use for His glory. And that's what we want to do is let our lives be used by God, molded however He wants to mold us so that we bring praise and glory to Him, not to ourselves, and that we can let our light shine to others. And they'll see that we're different and they'll want what we have and they'll come to Christ and we can reach our community. We can reach our neighbors. We can reach all those because we don't want people to burn. We want them to turn, as Heather said.